0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Goes without saying that Italian 90, that whole experience, is on the shortlist. We think it's in the top 20. I'm sure plenty of you think it is deserving of the number one spot. I have no doubt that my guest here in studio with me in London thinks likewise. Tony Cascarino, you're very welcome. Great to see you. How are you, Kieran? You're good. Yeah, you're not the Tony who takes in about the toilet no. paper, no? No, definitely not me. <laughs> no, no, not you. Um, I mean, that, that song, uh, you know, we're all part of Jackie's army. I mean, it must bring back great memories, does it?
1: Yes. Um, if you'd have told me, Kieran, as a kid, um, I'd go and play in a World Cup and be part of something very special, uh, which it clearly was. Um, one thing that always stood out for me and that song and the fans that were incredible because to a man and woman, no one calls one inkling of trouble. It was trouble-free zone. And it was a pleasure to see our fans support us in such huge numbers. Some of them, as the years go by, I get told more and more stories, but most of them, bankrupt them- <laughs> bankrupted themselves with the Irish Tiger. <laughs> uh, but it, it was an extraordinary time. Um, and I went on to play in the first World Cup uh, Ireland had ever been in. So, yeah,
0: privilege. Like, that that was obviously a huge deal for you at the time, that Ireland had finally qualified and that you were going to be part of the squad. But, I mean, had you a sense of just how big it was? Like, at the time, could you have guessed that all these years later, people would be talking about it as one of the the greatest moments in the (laughs) country's history? The other
1: 19 better be good.
0: (laughs) Um, No, not a a
1: chance, no. Um, I remember coming back on the flight from Italy and we're on the plane, we're about an hour to go before Dublin, and uh, Mick Byrne, the physio, starts shouting out, there's 100,000 people waiting in Dublin when we arrive. Of course, we get a bit closer, half hour to go. There'll be 200,000 people there. <laughs> and as we're landing, it's like, there's half a million. And I've turned around and said, Mick, there wouldn't be half a million if the Beatles were landing in Dublin. <laughs> but it was pretty close, I would say that was extraordinary. Because no one saw that. We knew that the reaction and... The games and... We didn't play particularly well in the group phase. Mm. Um, But once we beat Romania and then obviously we got on to play Italy, you could tell that the euphoria in Ireland was pretty special... We were all gutted. I remember sitting in rooms and we were watching films and, you know, so we were getting clips all back, sent back to us. And we are all going, wish we were back in Dublin.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> <that's laughs> we wanted to be part of it. Yeah, because I was going to ask, had you any idea of it? Because obviously it's pre-mobiles and social media and all of that. But you were, you were getting news feeds. Yes. Back. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. We knew that what was going on and we were getting sort of images shown to us and... We knew it was just rocking and rolling. But yeah. it was in Italy as well. And obviously S- Sardinia, we played England and then went to Sicily. Um, the fans were just everywhere. It was a bit of a double whammy as well for me because I had a lot of Italian people come into the hotel and see if, you know, Italian and, you know... Are you were related, and Cascarino's a lot more common name in Italy yes. uh, than people think. And uh, that was weird. That was weird as we're well, we're, we're having people come to the hotel and say they're my relatives. And then could I get some tickets? Well, no, you're not really a relative, are you? <laughs> but, you know, it was just a lot. I was privileged to be part of so many good things. I could mention the fans, which I did. I could mention the, the staff, the physio, Charlie O'Leary, the, you know, Luke, the kit man, and Jack and his assistants. And then there were the players players were brilliant you know most of them are just still good friends today are they i was going to say which players now from that would still be well andy townsend would be great well andy townsend and andy played in the same team as 11 year olds um, so we've known each other and we probably speak two or three times a week in yeah. most weeks and I, I still catch up every now and again with you know players of that time. I bump into them. I, I messaged Kevin Sheedy quite a bit because he wasn't so well lately and mm. I spoke to Ray Houghton every now and again. I bump into Ronnie Whelan but you know, one thing that, let's get this right, we had a really good team in 88. Yeah. We were a very good side but we've had some really good teams before 88. When I made my debut against Switzerland, I played up front Frank, with Frank Stapleton Frank Stapleton was a top player. Yeah. You know, and we had Liam Brady. You know, Liam Brady was one of the greatest Irish players ever to play, you know, uh, for the country. Without a doubt, class just oozed it. And, you know, went to Italy as a 23-year-old to, to earn a career, and you know, and just was superb uh, winning the title, Serie A, in Italy. And we had good teams, very good teams. Lawrence and, and many, many others that mm. couldn't get there, and we did. So,
0: hey, I, I mean, it was th- it was harder to get to these competitions. They were smaller competitions. I mean, they're getting really big now. I mean, you know, yeah. some, some might suggest they're getting a little too big. Uh, you know, the world and its mother um, uh, kind of appear at them. Uh, I, I have you an idea or an explanation as to why you were the ones who, who, who managed to do it to kind of get the monkey off our back?
1: Well, Jack was very ABC in his thinking. Mm. And he had an idea about how we should play. Um, it didn't suit all of us. But it made us very effective, and no one liked playing us. We played a very pressing game, which is everybody plays now, you know, where we closed down from very high up on the pitch. Jack liked to be direct in certain situations, um, and he, he knew world football. Jack was pretty smart around football. Yeah. I- that was a myth about we were just one dimensional. Jack knew a lot about the opposition all the time.
0: Yeah, I, and I think more and more people have come around to that. In the last few years there was obviously a couple of documentaries, some really sad ones yes. about Jack yeah. as well. But what what I learned from them as well is that I probably would have been of that view that you know it was very basic just hoof it up the pitch. But actually it was born of examining the opposition mm-hmm. and at the time it was all everything was played through the number 10. That was the, the, the yes. kind of the the, the quarterback as yeah. people would call it today. That was the role. And Jack realised, you know what, that doesn't necessarily suit us. And if we just bypass that by yeah. going around the side or going over the number 10, it'll completely u- upend the opposition's plans.
1: Yes, he, he had an idea. And he believed the 86 World Cup was won purely by who had the best number 10. And that was obviously Diego Maradona, mm. which they did. So when it, time it got to 90, Jack wanted to pull, cause different problems for teams. And he actually said to us one day we missed two players to be in challenging for the World Cup. He thought we could win the World Cup if we had two players. One was Gary Lineker, he mentioned, because he said we, we haven't got a blistering quick forward. He mm. wanted a lightning forward. Now, John Aldridge was quick and a great player and a good goal scorer, but we never were blessed with pace. And he also wanted, you wouldn't believe it, he actually said this player, most people said he'd have never played him, was Glenn Noddle. No way. He said Glenn Huddle. That was his player. Because he played more direct balls and in behind people and turned teams more than any other player. Wow. And he said having him in his team. But he would have had legs and and power around him. He would have gone with a Whelan or a McGrath. You know, having that footballing brain, defensive qualities and getting him the ball and not him being reliant Keane done that brilliantly well for Ireland as well, you know. He wanted that type of midfielder. I mean we, we joked, but we weren't far off of upsetting Italy. We you know we we probably played the best we did against Italy in the yeah. game we got knocked out in the whole tournament.
0: Um I, I, it is it grace that you're still talking about it all these years later? Yeah, Do you ever I love get tired it. of talking about tell, it? Kieran, you
1: can tell. Yeah, I can it's say It's a big kick for me. It's like, I love going to Ireland. I love talking about it. I don't never get bored of it. The day I'll be bored of it, I'll be in a coffin. I'll be in a box somewhere because, I'm, to me, it was the, the best time of my life. You know, I, I, I talked to my friends and all my friends said, our social life ended when you finished playing for Ireland. <laughs> all my mates used to come over, yeah. you know, from England, so come out, come over, have a great time and say, you, you, you spoiled it, you, you stopped. <laughs> you know, so it was it was just an incredible place to be. And I'd never, I always thought afterwards about this. I I remember thinking, what is it like to be really, really famous? Because we're footballers, that's not, it's famous. I know the very biggest stars are really high level. Mm. But we were well-known and more more so in England, but not world-level, you know, famous. And when we come back to Dublin, I remember thinking that was like being in a rock band yeah. that's just flown in and just had the whole of... felt like the whole of Ireland descend on us and just go crazy. And that was one of my maddest days I've ever ever experienced by the way I've got to say by the end of it I just wanted to get to my bed it was like <laughs> please just enough enough you know
0: great times uh, Joe and Glass Nevin sent a lovely text delighted to hear Tony bringing back memories of my own trip in 1990 myself and three mates headed off to Milan in a little van two airplane seats in the back of the van camping <laughs> gear pots and pans and a guitar this sounds like a Christy Moore song ended <laughs> up in the Alps left the van in Milan then we got the train to Palermo the Dutch match was the best ever atmosphere fantastic then back to Milan to pick up the van where they had abandoned it got over to Genoa to see the penalty shootout thanks for the memories Tony and that like I say from Joe and nevin Joe thank you very much for the text 53106 Tony an absolute pleasure now listen, absolutely enjoy London we will we yeah, will listen London. thank you so much for coming in Tony Cascarino there like I say if you agree with Tony if you think Italian 90 the greatest moment in Irish history go to the News Talk website and vote for it now time for this